All right, and welcome everybody to Dark Feather Gaming. This is our gaming news podcast, and this week we have a special episode. So, with the upcoming announcement for Final Fantasy XIV next week, February 5th, we're doing a special where we talk about our theories and hopes for the new expansion. So, as always, I am Thor, and I'm here with... Sasquatch Senpai. And this week, we have our first special guest joining us, uh, the Night Sky Prince. And thank you very much for joining us on our podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've been following your channel for a while, and I've noticed in your channel and in um, the Ultima group on Facebook how much chatter there's been on Final Fantasy XIV. And I thought you'd have a really unique view because it seems like you're pretty new to the Final Fantasy XIV world, but you're a long-standing Final Fantasy series fan. So I think that's a really good take on things. Um, so let's go ahead and start by each of us talking about our history with Final Fantasy XIV and the series um, and how long we've been playing, that type of thing. Uh, and why don't you go ahead and start us off, uh, Prince, uh, since you are our guest star. All right. Well, I have a very, very interesting and weird history with Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, it started actually with a friend who had bought Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 and he was playing it and he had nobody to play it with. So this guy actually really went and um, this was <laughs> this was back when um, uh, they, they still like were still selling physical copies of games like right toward the end when that was sort of a dying thing. And he actually bought me like a physical copy of 1.0, which I still have somewhere around here. And uh, he was like, please, please play it. And my PC at the time actually had a disk drive, which is, I mean, <laughs> hard, <laughs> hard to even think about now. But this was this was 2010, I believe, when when 1.0 had came out. Yep. And so, yeah. And so I, I was I was playing 1.0 with him. And uh, believe me, when I when people say 1.0 was not a good game, they're not just being facetious. <laughs> no, it, was, it, it, was, <laughs> it was just the mechanics. I think my favorite part was the lighting. When you were inside, the indoor lighting followed the sun's rotation and the day cycle. Yeah. Well, it was just <laughs> like a 10-year-old MMO already at that point when it released. There was no nice quality of life updates that you had that people were used to from like world of warcraft or um everquest 2 or anything that had just released you know a modern mmo it was stuck back in the days of like ultima online and those those old mmos yeah exactly um i think when uh in the that no clip documentary and Koda, Koji Fox was on there i think he put it really well when he said that uh 1.0 was kind of like um, they were kind of continuing off of what they they did with Final Fantasy XI, not looking at what other MMOs had been doing in that time that they had released that. And so, uh, yeah, the, the result of that is that Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 felt dated. Uh, as soon as it came out, no jump button. That, <laughs> again, hard to hard to think about nowadays, uh, considering we, we jump all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, 1.0 was... Uh, rough around the edges to say the least um and so uh i you know I, I i played pretty much up until the end at that point and then after that a realm reborn finally came out and i want to say that was like 2013 uh, and so i was of course given the game for free having played 1.0 and so i was like okay i'll try it again and immediately got addicted to it and 
it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, I think in one of my recent videos, I talked about how you know an MMORPG is good whenever both your college professors and your significant other are disappointed in you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and oh. uh, yeah, <laughs> that was that was my experience with the Realm Reborn when it first came out. I was a, I was addicted to it, <laughs> and um, at some point, I had to put a Realm Reborn down because uh, I was like, man, my grades are busted. Uh, I'm not even trying to hang out with uh, the girl I was dating at the time because it's like I just want to play this all day. <laughs> and so I actually ended up putting um, a Realm Reborn down for years, and then I came back uh during uh it was, it's been like six months ago now that i've that i've actually been back into it um so yeah and then I, I came back and i started streaming it because i felt like since i'm a final fantasy channel and i played all of these final fantasy games i keep hearing about how good final fantasy 14 was so i came back i did the you know the quest in between a realm reborn and heaven's word Got to Heaven's Word, and uh, that's when the game clicked even harder for me than the first time I was playing it back in like 2013. Primarily because, wow, oh man, the production quality, the story, everything was just stepped up. And I had so much content to go through from Heaven's Word and Stormblood and, and, and Shadowbringers. And being able to play those in a quick succession like I did was, <laughs> I, I felt spoiled, man. Because people had to mm. wait years for all this content to come out. And uh, when you're able to go through all of it and all the work that they've, that they've done in like one really quick succession, it blows your mind. Uh, the amount of high quality content that this one game has. Nice. Yeah, and I can definitely um, get what you mean when you say the um, being able to go through it, because that was our, our buddy Doc, another Dark Feather gamer, is currently going through right now. He's in Heaven's Word, um, and he jokes because he goes through quests and they say, all right, time to go have a rest, and then immediately your rest is done. Um, but I remember going through those quests and those rests were, you know, a month where I had to wait for a new patch to come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so... Um... I feel very grateful to be able to to go through all that. <laughs> in some ways, it, it was yeah. kind of better to wait than to, to than to be in, um, and that's that's another thing too. I think that it kind of intimidates people who want to get in now. But I'm like, man, you get it, it's like uh, waiting until all the episodes of a good TV series come out. Yeah. In my opinion, it's like the best time to binge. So, and now is a mean, great time to start too because they condensed the the. A realm reborn quests a little bit and added flying in the core area so it's it's just way faster to get through some of the content too yeah they, they want you to get to the good parts of the game fast yeah so they, they aren't gonna they aren't gonna hold you back really there's there's not much grinding now too because msq gives you so much exp that mm -hmm. um it'll, it'll take you from level one to level 80 for the most part now Yep, Dirt Wizard. She's um didn't quite get as far, so she uh, she hasn't got. She's about halfway through Shadowbringers, so she didn't uh, quite have uh, want to join us since we're going to be talking about a lot of spoilers. But I was watching her go through, and she didn't actually have any kind of level wall until she was in Shadowbringers content. Wow! So she basically just ran MSQ from like the very start all the way to almost the end. Yep. Uh, well, she had a little bit of a break in between. Um, but yeah, she's pretty much done that. And that's what Doc's doing. And I think he's like five levels over 
the required quest level and he's leveled up multiple classes so there's it, it gets you through the whole story very easily with little grinding like you said yeah and even if you do you can like hop the roulettes and <laughs> you'll yeah. be there again in no time exactly so how about you sasquatch tell us your uh history with the game a little bit um well i started playing 14 back when it launched in one point oh like prince here and that was mostly just because i really loved 11 i played a ton of 11 through college um along with the world of warcraft back when i played a ton of mmos and i guess i do still play a ton of mmos um i did stop playing though i didn't even finish uh the original 14 all the way through just because it was so dated and grindy i just kept trying to stick with it thinking hey maybe this will open up and maybe this will get better and it just really never did for me and i never actually got back into it until storm blood and then it was just kind of off and on for it mm. uh for 14 for me for sure but i mean other than 11 and 14 though um Outside of like some spinoff series that uh, that are way old back in the Super Nintendo era and older games that just spun off the main Final Fantasy series outside of 12, I don't really enjoy too many Final Fantasies, um, but 14 definitely is my favorite of them all just because it's a it's a continual story. It's really nice seeing the. The different characters go through your character go through it the the different worlds you are building within it the expanding universe of the game itself literally the expanding universe at this point right that and uh i think i've, I've said it on our normal podcast before Shadowbringers is probably a wasted standalone final fantasy story all on its own just because it is so 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 good it is yeah really good i can i think i see and we'll get into this a little bit later but i think i see another reason they've gone with the area they are um and i'm excited to see how much they expand on the first because i think they're going to well i mean Um, i just meant like the quality of the writing with shadowbringers itself and i think with how shadowbringers turned out and with the quality of writing on it is why um 16 is being developed by the final fantasy 14 uh was yeah. it team one of the final fantasy 14 development team so yeah i'm really i i have good hopes for that which i haven't had good hopes for a new mainline entry for a while so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's probably why i'm so interested in 16 is just because i know the team working on it and everything in 14 i've loved so much yeah and um so on from Sorry, for my side, um, like you guys, I started with 1.0. Um, I didn't really get as far into it as anyone else. I or I was really excited about it. I've always been a huge Final Fantasy fan. Um, I didn't start on some of the older ones like uh, NES or Super Nintendo like some people. Like a huge majority of 90s kids, I started on Final Fantasy VII and went from there. But um, I've always been a huge fan of the Final Fantasy series, so I got really excited because I had some dismay about Final Fantasy XI, and I heard that fourteen was going to supposedly be so much better. So I pre-ordered it, and I got the collector's edition. I actually still have the uh, physical collector's edition on my shelf with my set because I have the collector's edition for each expansion and ARR also. But unfortunately, I didn't look carefully at the requirements, 
And at that time, I didn't have any consoles. All I had was a laptop. And so I got the PC version. Lo and behold, I didn't meet the minimum qualifications, so I couldn't play it on my laptop. So I only got to play a little bit, and it was on a friend's computer. And what I saw, I was not excited with. So I kind of just let it, just dropped it. And then fast forward to, I don't know, four years later or so, probably a year before Heaven's Word came out. Um, one of my buddies told me that I should really try giving it a shot again, so I did. I enjoyed it for the most part, um, but as soon as I got through all the main story content, I wasn't that interested in the in-game content. I've never been a huge MMO fan, so I kind of just dropped it and didn't pay my sub and stopped playing. Then about a year after Heaven's Word came out, I saw a trailer for Heaven's Word, and it just made me just snap. I, I loved the trailer. I loved the look at Heaven's of Heaven's Word. It's still one of my favorite entries, though. After Reflections of Crystal, Shadowbringers is starting to kind of tie it up. But um, after that, I got it again. I started from the beginning so I could refresh my memory and played through. And my sub hasn't lapsed since then. I've gone some periods where maybe a few months go by and I don't log in very much. But I'm always trying to kind of stay up with what's going. This lapse where I probably went four months without going through MSQ last year when my work got all crazy with the pandemic was probably the biggest break that I had taken so far. So I've been keeping up with it mostly just with, you know, short MMO breaks that are want for, you know, any MMO really. So before we go any further, one warning I do want to issue to everyone. Of course, uh, we don't filter or censor ourselves, so as always, we are a rated M podcast, but this week we are also rated S for spoilers. All the spoilers. So if you're still going through any of the main content for Final Fantasy XIV, you might want to bookmark this and save it for when you're done, because we're holding back nothing when we talk about our theories. We're going to go into every piece of content that we've looked at. So, you have been warned. Alright, so the first thing I think that would be natural to talk about is our new areas. So, obviously, I think it's, it's pretty certain at this point um, that the Empire is going to be one of the new areas that we go to. Um, generally, we get two kind of main-ish areas open up, um, and it wouldn't be that weird if they were both inside the Empire, just two different sec uh, separate regions. Personally, I don't think they would do that. I think one area is going to be the Empire, and we have some other options for what the other second area might look like. What do, what do you guys think on that? That sounds um, generally pretty consistent with the way that they normally do things. Uh, I'm just, mm -hmm. I guess I'm most curious on, um, maybe this information is already out there. I'm just really curious on how the Empire actually looks and the, the general mood and aesthetic that they're going to go for with 6.0. Because each each expansion has really, really strong design choices. Yes. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what they could actually do with the Empire, really. Well, it's... I mean, it's under like mass civil war right now. You have different... Uh, whatever their different factions governors factions yeah. are within it under war so there might just be one large open city area that's just destroyed at some 
at some point that you might visit because really you do have to go back there and deal with them anyway still yeah well my my thinking is that it's going to be one you know yeah large area that's just the empire and instead of you know normally we'd get this area that has our main etherite where we might have some script shops or something and then a lot of little villages around it where the main etherite would probably be the capital city of some kind and then all the little ones would be surrounding villages that each represent a different faction um but uh i i really do think that will still go somewhere else. Um, there's some options. I think one that I have. Act- okay, so this one I confirmed because I've been talking a while about how I, you know, we went to the first, and that was a big leap because a lot of people were thinking, where could we go on the continent besides the empire? And they have this pattern on on the um, expansions of going back and forth from going to the empire. Um, and I launched this theory before, but I confirmed its existence because um, I was thinking there's probably a southern hemisphere. When we go across the ocean to Doma, I highly doubt we're seeing the southern hemisphere of the ocean. And if you look when we're in the final cutscene and Elidibus is on the moon looking at the planet, if you pause it and look carefully, you can see that there is a southern continent that if you compare it to our map, it's almost like Australia. It's kind of a large island that's down in the southern hemisphere. And I I, I took a good look at that and a look at our current map, and that's definitely something we haven't seen yet before unless it's part of the Eureka. I haven't done Eureka stuff, so I don't know that very much. Um, but I know that's at least one of the possibilities. I think that's it as far as if we're going to stay on this star or this planet or whatever, though. That's interesting. So if we do end up going to somewhere in the the southern hemisphere, will they? You think they could possibly pull like another almost stormblood like situation where they have certain regions like in real life that they actually draw inspiration from culturally, or do you think they'll go in like a different direction? Well, that kind of goes. Um, another thing, you know, that I that I want to talk about is what kind of theme they'll go with. And I here's my thinking, because this would actually mix in well with this almost undiscovered continent because they haven't talked about it. So it's not like the Empire has some sort of foothold there. Maybe they're just acquiring it. <clears throat> but if you look at general kind of media and game theory and what's going on in the world right now. The video game industry is very susceptible to these waving trends, like so whether it's zombies or aliens or whatever we've got. And right now, if everyone's noticed, we've got this Viking trend going on that was started with the History Channel show, right? So I'm imagining there's a possibility we could see this southern continent and it brings in some sort of inspired by Viking lore into the game. And then we could, you know, see classes that might come with that, like Barbarian or Viking or Berserker or something on that beat. That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. Um, I actually really like that. Viking would also make a really cool uh, job addition too. Mm-hmm. Although, although I'm kind of hoping to see uh, Time Mage for 6.0. That's... I mean, the job additions, you're probably looking at some at a, a healer and then probably another mage just with, you know, who were complaining about their job. Well, I can almost guarantee Time Mage is going to be on there. The Time Mage or Gravity Mage is just, it's, it. Square Enix is really big about dropping these little hints around, and I don't know if anyone else noticed, but the word time got dropped in the post-main scenario quests like five times every other quest. They dropped the word time in there somewhere, and that's the kind of thing Square Enix does. Um, And then just kind of the way 
that Gratia acts and dresses and looks. I know right now he's acting as a black mage, but I think he's going to end up kind of going into time mage and that's going to start that, which I mean, that that pulls us back into on these locales. Another big theory I had, right? What if we pull in time mage? for one of the new jobs and one of the new areas is a different time. So maybe they go back to somewhere like ancient Alig. Oh, that would be so cool. That'd and be so cool. That's, that's not a, what for, for what we have seen in Shadowbringers, That's not even out of the realm of a possibility. That's, that's not even reasonable to think. I mean, you don't even have to go back in time. You can just go to a different star that's split off and it's also back in time, but at the same time. So it's just not as advanced. Yeah. And and that's the other thing that I have on there is it could be, um, you know, a different star. So one of the other reflections or one of the other elements. Um, and then there's always some kind of obscure possibilities, something like completely underwater or completely underground, which maybe. Um, but I also think there's possibility to do something with the empty. If you guys have finished uh, Eden's Promise. I think mm -hmm, there's yep. a lot of possibility there for expansion on 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 the empty and areas there. Yeah, I really wonder if they're they're actually going to do anything for the first or if with 6.0 it's just going to kind of move away from all that territory that Shadowbringers was on. Well, and watch this though. They they mention at the very beginning of Shadowbringers how time works differently for both of them but we they just happen to be at this equinox where it works so they could even though they said it would take hundreds of years potentially for the empty to be restored they could easily work in canologically some sort of okay well it went back out of line for a minute and skipped forward a couple hundred years and when you return the empty is all full of you know what i mean so they could do something like that i don't think that's as high on the likelihood chart though I think the Southern Hemisphere or a different time or doing something else with the Crystal Tower um, is probably our most realistic. See, I, I still feel like that's somewhat possible because I feel like at some point they do want to show, the, uh, show us an older Reen maybe and like an older Gaia. Yeah. And that is one way yeah. to do it. That's an easy way to do it. What I want to know is... Those characters were developed too much to just be kind of oh, abandoned yeah. especially yeah well and they never really the raid stores are always offbeat a little bit but they're always pretty important um the alliance raids not so much but the normal raids are always pretty important to what's going on although i would argue stormblood alliance raids were pretty important too even yeah and they're 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 not just gonna um throw Gaia away either because they put like a lot of time and money into Gaia. They got Nomura to to design her and all that other stuff. Yeah. So the real the real question is, I I think, is what the role she's going to play in 6.0, because I feel like she's going to play a role. She has not been uh appeared canonically in MSQ mm -hmm. to my uh recollection. She's mentioned if you do the Eden rates up to that point, but uh yeah she she hasn't canonically been in MSQ. And I just think for a character that you put that much into, she has to come into yeah. to 6.0 in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it just makes you wonder how. because And then if, if she's coming in, then you also have to think that somehow the first will be playing a role inside of the new story of 6.0. I, I think that's... I think even if it's not considered one of the new areas, I think it's definitely going to play a role in what's going on. Um, I don't think it's something they would abandon because they just fleshed that world out way too much. I do have a theory on Gaia, and I actually 
just yesterday, I finally finished getting through those quests, and I had this all written down, this theory, and when it revealed her name was Gaia, I jumped up and yelled because I was like, yes, that's I, I'm, I have to be right. For years now, since... Uh, since I was thinking about Stormblood, I've been saying, you know, we need geomancers because they do mention geomancy and geomancers in the game. It's they're canologically part of Eorzea. We just haven't seen them as a class. And I always thought it would be really cool and really unique if we had a geomancer as a tank. So it would be the first magic based tank. I know Dark Knight uses some magic, but I mean a straight up mage tank. Um and then I was also thinking, you know, we need a class that uses hammers because that's something that's kind of been devoid. Um, and when I saw how Gaia was using magic and she has that big ass hammer, um, that would be super neat if it was some kind of geomancer tank that uses a two handed hammer. That would be awesome. That that's would be awesome. Weapon. And another another um, class you can go back to seeing using a hammer, you could uh do vikings again yeah that's that's another one that i was thinking of when i had the hammer idea and um another one we could think of because we we as far as jobs we need a new healer i'm gonna be i'm gonna be actually pretty mad this time i was kind of turked last time but this time i'm gonna be straight up mad if we don't get a new healer because the 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 queue time just needs it for balance if nothing else and we have gone two full expansions now with no healer I'm class at all um, but one one healer that is canological to the Final Fantasy universe and is canological in Final Fantasy XII especially, so that's the same the same realm, right, um, is a type of healer that uses hammers and clubs and such to actually like whack people and heal them with physical healing. That way they don't have to rely on MP. We haven't seen anything like that yet either. Hammers so confirmed for 6.0. Only only issue with that is that it would be positioning, which would really mess up a uh, and with how an MMO needs to to be set up for raids mm. and stuff like that. I think they could throw time age and and switch it around and possibly make that a healer. That is a possibility. It would be definitely interesting. That would work, and I could I could see that. Um, I think our, I think Alize is definitely going to be the healer, especially with what she's been doing to cure the tempered. Um, right. And the way she's been mixing up that that also makes me feel like physical healer of some kind, because it wouldn't just be like whacking people to heal them. They would probably be mixed with like the Final Fantasy chemist and things like that. So with her working on these medicines, it seems like it would make sense if she took some sort of alchemist or chemist type of job. Which uh, makes sense. They're just throws bottles at people, splashes them, yeah. heals them. So do you think they're going to keep uh Thancred and Gunbreaker? I think I think he's going to stay Gunbreaker. The I, I think it was at the end of I think it was the end that of makes sense just because because yeah, Ishtol is making his ammunition mm -hmm. for it now. It makes sense yeah. now to keep him something where he doesn't need to have his own magic. Well and he seemed happy. Eustola seemed – everyone was happy the, except Alizé and Alphanode were kind of pissy because they're like, well, everyone else has a fancy new class and I don't have one. So definitely they're going to. And another thing that made me think Berserker, Barbarian, or Viking is as soon as that happened, Alizé jumps off that wall and yells, Rampage, which was either a hint or an archer reference. And I think it was a hint. But we'll see. Sometimes I, I overthink some of those little tidbits. Um, I would like just to think it's canonically an Archer reference. 
speaking of which, if we do see um, some sort of time, time skip reen, that means that we'll probably see a gunbreaker reen, I imagine. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, grow out of her little dual daggers. Yeah, well, that's what thing how Thingard started was as a rogue, so it would make sense that yeah. she would follow him and maybe even take up his old blade because we saw her, we saw them kind of panning at it in the Eden quest, right? And again, with Square Enix little hints, they'll kind of camera pan things. Um, and so on that same beat, I think that Xenos is going to be taking up a new class too. I think when he threw down his sword and stepped on it, I don't think that was hinting at him getting a new sword. I think that was hinting at him picking up a new class. Oh, so he's going to be just like straight up class asshole. Well, is, no, I, is that what he's going to be now? <laughs> I think there's going to be three new jobs added. One Alice is going to take one uh, Alpha Note is going to take and one is going to go to Gratia. And then I think that as far as the or antagonists go xenos is also going to pick up one of the new ones but we'll we'll i don't know i i know for sure that he's going to change jobs whether it's going to be one of the new ones i don't know but i think that was a pretty good hint when he broke his sword yeah that was really mysterious um I, i'm trying to think what job would better suit xenos ah. but <laughs> but i i really it's really hard to imagine um anything else that could suit him I actually have a couple of theories on those. A couple other theories that I had for missing classes um, is some sort of ranger class or something that's physical ranged DPS because we're we need a little bit more on that. And something like Hunter would fit in there um, where they use some sort of ranged weapon. Um, and I think that would fit him canologically pretty well since he's always on the hunt. Um, but then there's also we haven't seen any kind of beast master or puppet master that might use whips or something like that. Um, whips and pinwheels are the other two big weapons that I, I think are missing right now. So do you do you think Xenos will be the final boss of 6.0? That's I don't really think what so. it's looking like. I think we're supposed to think that. Um, I think he's going to be you know, a big part, but I think he was, he's going to land kind of where Vol 3 did in like, you know, the level 79 level, or uh, I guess what'll be 89, level 90 trial area, but I don't think, I think we're, as as is per usual, going to ba go back to some sort of Ashian, most likely Ashian, most likely, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Um, um, Fan Daniel? Fan Daniel, that's it, yeah, Fan Daniel. Um, which Fan Daniel and Xenos is what also what made me think that their color scheme is probably going to go to some sort of like white and gold type thing because they always have different branding colors for each expansion too. And he keeps flashing that Empire. white and gold like stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's the Empire. So. Which it'll be interesting to see what they lean on for the Empire as well, because we haven't seen too much on it. We, I mean, we know a little bit if, for anyone that's gone through, you know, tactics or, or Final Fantasy 12 or anything like that, you know, we have that we have this universe and knowledge a little bit. But as far as this era, we haven't seen anything. So, it, I mean, for all we know, we could we had the Rabinaster raids, but we could end up going back there for one of the new areas as well. Um, but as far as let's see. So as far as new jobs, I think that's the only ideas I had. Did you guys have any other ideas for possible new jobs they might be cooking up? 
I really don't know. I mean, like Viking and Time Age are like the number, uh, like uh, pretty high up there for me. I think um, Geomancer is pretty high up there. I- I've heard some people wanting Necromancer. I don't think that'll ever happen, but uh, I don't, th- those are the only options I-, I see left, really. I don't know about uh, Necromancer, quote unquote, but they could do some sort of like Void Mage or something. Yeah. I think I, time I age it. makes sense because, yeah, it's hinted at um, mm. maybe specifically with how you're bringing the elements back uh, mm. to the empty. You're going to get like an elementalist, something more along the lines of what you'd see with a shaman oh, yeah. uh, and other MMOs, stuff like that. And maybe that could be where Rian goes. Maybe you go there. Maybe she becomes your class, your oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. class trainer. Because uh, yeah, that's what you're working with there. You're working with straight up the elemental primals. You're you're bringing elemental life back to the empty. You're creating you're creating a place where people can live again. Yeah. Um, that's something they don't really have. Is you're someone that deals with strict elementals. So, mm-hmm. and um, the well, the only other thing is that if we did go into time mage um, and we went to say like Alec or something like that, we could see the introduction of like a technomancer or someone that kind of kind of like um uh um mechanist or whatever only more on the magic side as opposed to the physical side you can also get someone who shapeshifts like a druid oh yeah yeah that'd be interesting Um, too that could be a new tank that could also be a healer yeah so speaking of um like elegant technology and stuff like that in in terms of like new races i think one thing that i actually personally want to see is like maybe I don't know if you guys ever played like Xenoblade Chronicles, something like Mechonis's like uh, like machine life. So one thing I'll say on I wanted to I did have an area to touch on races. Um, it's not a uh, a great news thing though. I can almost guarantee there's not going to be. I mean, I, now take this with a grain of salt because this is Square Enix we're talking about. Um, but they have said outright we're not going to make any more because they had such a hard time with Hrothgar and Vieira that uh, they they said we're just not going to do it anymore. At best, I think they might add male and female uh, versions that don't exist. But I, 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 I don't have a lot of hopes on new playable races at this point. Um, if they do go back on what they said, I think it will probably be in a couple expansions from now. Right. Well, each race that you add, you also add in a whole bunch of work for like refitting armor and stuff like that. So I kind of don't blame them. Well, that was the reason it took them so long. And that's why Vieira and Hrothgar can't wear most helmets because it's they just didn't have time to add all that. And they're like, well, they have ears. It makes sense canologically that they don't show up their helmets. I don't know. So it's that's what they said is you, you need to understand that it's not just adding these and then all of the stuff goes to them. We have to retune every bit of equipment in the game. And there's a lot of equipment in the game now. And they, yeah. they put these out every two years. So if it is something they're working on, it wouldn't be something they would put out for a really long time, I wouldn't think. Yeah. In, in that light, I'd almost rather them not add any new races. Because <laughs> exactly. I'd rather them focus on the things that matter. What I would rather see is have them flesh out some lore a little bit better. Um, I was originally in Aura, which I loved. I especially loved going to the step in Stormblood because they referenced my race and it, it was a little more immersive. And after I changed to Hrothgar, I missed that a little bit, but I was hopeful when I went to Norbrint only to find out that they like 
It, there's really not a whole lot of lore on them, and it just barely touches on either Hrothgar or Ronso. There's, so I'm hoping that they at least kind of bring the lore of them, and instead of making new races, they kind of focus more on the ones that exist. Completely agree. That and um, what? I mean, I guess you could they could introduce someone from the Empire, but then they'd have to somehow yeah. limit your classes available to you mm -hmm. uh, just because, you know, they don't have any magic. magic so. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't see them doing any kind of limitations. I mean, they, we have, and for the record, I love it when these pop up. We have the Lullafell tanks, so if they were going to do any kind of restrictions, you know what I mean? Um, Lullafell, <laughs> Lullafell tanks yeah. are my favorite, though, especially the ones in, like, full knight armor. It's it's just too campy. I love it. So one thing that well, we're kind of touching on some of the hints and notes that we've seen <clears throat> if you guys have seen the live letter that he posted one thing we get because if there's one thing i've discovered about final fantasy 14 over the years it's that they go on really set patterns they've become very predictable for me historically before they do their official expansion announcement they'll have some sort of teaser like for example before stormblood was announced they were, were at a show and he was uh, i think it was namora or somebody was wearing a shirt that had the scarlet witch from the avengers on it and he said i'm not going to give anyone any hints about the upcoming expansion other than the shirt i'm wearing and everyone instantly knew okay well red mage there's gonna have to be a red mage so he likes to drop these little hints like that, and I'm pretty sure this is what we got when we got that live letter. We have this poem that he says a bard or a minstrel brought to him mysteriously that says, <clears throat> quote, our, our progeny may never know wherefore we took unto the sky, nor why we dig for truths below. We bear their scorn or watch them die. So do you guys have any thoughts on that? Because I read over this several times, and this is the first time that I haven't been able to make heads or tails of whatever the reference is. Um, would, you, would you copy that into the Discord channel so I can look at it? If you, it's right up, uh, if you scroll up to the top, um, it's like it's the second post in the chat. Ah, uh, okay. So I don't know if it's a reference I don't understand or the the only thing that kind of pinged my brain was it said dig for truth below. And one of the little like side notes I made on areas was well, what if we went like underground? Um, but I think that's reaching even for one of my theories. So digging a little deep on that one. Yeah. And that, <laughs> even for me, that's a reach. And, and I make some elaborate theories. The only thing I can think of in terms of like digging deep is that somehow they cross over into the Empire underground. Oh, <laughs> just tunnel under hey, the Empire. Yeah. And then there there was actually Geomancer, Geomancer. <laughs> and that works for Geomancer. Yeah. And then the other the other the other reason is is because um the 5G towers that have <laughs> popped up all over. Yeah. Uh, maybe the only way that they can avoid like being like tempered by those like 5g towers that that have popped up are his to like go literally go underground and then that's yeah. where they discover like geomancers and stuff well i mean those are sending a signal somewhere so that could be the reference to the sky you could have to go blow them to destroy mm -hmm. them or fix with it whatever they're doing uh okay real quick though when those towers those are probably going to be pre-patched things that you do so 
when those towers show up, did anyone else get serious Digimon vibes? Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> the Digimon Emperors, um, uh, Black Spirals. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Dude, he's going to, the fan Daniel's going to turn him into primals. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then no. that guy was possessed or whatever when um, he went and attacked uh, Lise. Right. So it's like the um, the ring thingies. I forget yeah. what they're called. They're just I think it's just called them the black rings or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's totally what it reminded me. <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> which which all which also means which also means we might fight a Chimera Primal. Hey, you, you never know. I mean, I mean, hell, uh, I wasn't expecting us to get. I I wasn't expecting to feel like I was playing Armored Core for a full fifteen minutes of the game either. So. It also uh, it also reminded me of Nier. Like I don't know if you oh, know, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, an automata yeah. like when, when the tower like just like spawns out. Oh yeah, that could have just been a ham fisted Nier reference thrown in, just because you know they did do so many crossovers with Nier. Yeah, uh, into this expansion, that would be like the ultimate thing for me. Is if like Nier lore was just treated like any other Final Fantasy in Final Fantasy fourteen, and it just mm. became a canon part <laughs> of FF fourteen. And and that's not out of the realm. That's not out of the question either. Um, just with the, what they've done with the Yorha raids. So yeah, and so I'm I'm actually looking forward. I hope Yokotaro does even more <laughs> on on Nier. He he fixed the issue with no butt sliders. Yeah. So. <laughs> somewhat uh but yeah i'm I'm actually uh planning to do that raid next week i'm super excited for it believe it or not it was really the near rate that was like one of the top things that actually Mm -hmm. like was like pulling me back into the game because i love the near franchise so much yeah that's that's the only one i haven't tackled in Shadowbringers yet i usually wait a while on alliance raids because alliance raids are generally the top tier mechanic difficulties and my internet is just garbage so i lag a lot and nine times out of ten if it's current in-game content like an alliance raid i'll just lag out too much and it just everyone involves is involved is unhappy so i usually uh don't do savage or extremes or uh any of the alliance stuff until around now when things are starting to get you know nerfed a little bit and i have better equipment that sort of thing so i don't just die in one shots but um on that note, though, with Raids and Trials, that's the next thing I wanted to go into, because speaking of them having these patterns, we always get these three things, right? We always get three Alliance Raids. We always get 12 Normal Raids that come in these sets, three sets of four. And we always get three um, extra trials to do, like what we saw in the Weapon Trials here, um, where we have ruby and emerald and presumably the next will be diamond um i assume um so what uh do you guys have any theories for any of the new primals you're going to introduce um i i actually went through and wrote down every canological like summon creature that hasn't been somehow mentioned before and there's really not a huge list <laughs> i was gonna say i was like what is there left in terms um, of like well, classic final fantasy summons we know of two primals who we haven't fought yet. Um, the big bad primals, so... Well, yeah, there's that. Light but, and dark, essentially. But for that, the, could come in, that could come into play. That also plays in with the Asians, which yeah. presumably will be finishing up with them. Sign so, me up for another Shiva. Right. Always Shiva. <laughs> so, 
as far as what we have, like this is this is literally it as far as canological things that it could be. And some of these are reaching. So like the first ones are we could see Choco or Eggman, which that would almost be like a side campy thing. Uh, Jumbo Cactuar is kind of in a fate, but he could be brought in as a proper uh, primal. Um, we could do like a Chimera, like you mentioned, or um, Kajuata, or um, let's see, we could do Pandemonia, um, Remora, Phantom, Azura, or Lich. That's that. That's it. And some of those, those uh, most of those are really lesser known ones. Um, so they're almost a reach. We could always see more from the. I don't think we covered all the Evilesian summoned creatures in the Evilese raids. Uh, and so if there's any of those missing, they could pop up or we could see, uh, and I hate saying this out loud, but one of the, what's a Brynhildr or one of the, uh, uh, Final Fantasy 13 weird ones that only appeared in Final Fantasy 13. Yeah. I was just thinking about those or possibly even like a fallacy yeah, becoming a primal. I, I could see that. Um, the only other ones that were missing are, and those, I, those are what I envision would envision for a trial, um, for the raids, so you know things like Bahamut, Alexander, uh, Eden, things like that. I think we could still look at either the Magus sisters, Anima, or brothers. Um, and especially if we're still in the first, which, ob- I-, I mean, I am completely convinced. I haven't figured out if it's before or after events, but it's definitely the same, um, universe and shard, quote unquote, as Final Fantasy VIII. So it would make sense to see the brothers pop in there somewhere too. Um, you know what though? Uh, not really a primal, but I do expect to see a a Sephiroth raid at some point. I don't I was, know if I'm the only one who, who thinks that's well, going to happen. No, I thought as soon as I started going into the like the going to different dimensions and time travel stuff, I'm like, now what if like the next expansion somehow barely touched on the part two of the final fantasy seven remake. And they started merging that a little bit that that would not surprise me if we saw Sephiroth pop in or something to that beat some sort of <laughs> the Asians manipulate. It turns out they're manipulating Shinra or something, you know, who knows, but it, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Cause it kind of seems to me like, and, and I mean, I've since I was a little kid, I've had this going theory that the Final Fantasy games are not all independent. It's all in the same world, just different timelines. And now that's, you know, with everything going on in Final Fantasy 14, I feel like a lot of that's being verified. And a lot of these original creators are starting to get really old and close to that retirement age. So I'm wondering if they're starting to use this to wrap everything together per se yeah and you know i i said something about 5.3 recently where i said the conclusion of 5.3 where you basically end up fighting war the warrior of light mm-hmm. uh at least, i mean all that of final was- fan all of final fantasy could have ended at that point the whole series could oh, have been yeah. over and uh i would have walked away completely satisfied with the way that ended yes. because of how well it tied. It felt like it tied the whole series together in a way. Well, and they could yeah. they could definitely go further into that. I feel like oh, there's yeah. there's so much. And you know, I mean, we've we've thought about that as a, a Final Fantasy community for a long time about how can all the games coexist mm-hmm. within one timeline. And we've had things like the city try to do something like that, but 14 yeah. 14 is probably the only time, especially with everything they introduced with Shadowbringers. 
14 is probably the first time I've actually seen them be able to to do that and it not be like corny or fan servicey, mm -hmm. but it's actually really cool and really exciting because of where they could go with it. Yep, I agree. It's it's um it's it I who I think it was was it you Sasquatch that said it's it's uh it's amazing that they managed to take a pretty predictable outcome and still make it good, which is that's, I think that's yeah, saying it's just something. a stellar piece of writing. Yeah. I mean, the entire, the entire going through the entire entirety of Shadowbringers, like nothing really surprised me, but with how well it was written and thrown together through each patch, one, uh, point one, two, three, and even up until the closing of four, it was completely mm -hmm. predictable. I figured, you know, we're going to end up with Zenos. We're going to see something with him. We go fight him. Oh, yeah. Everything was completely predictable, but with how well it was written, how well it was thrown together, they threw in just enough curveballs to keep you on your toes. Mm -hmm. And it's just on a great, it's just on a great path right now. And that, and yeah, that fight with the warrior of light, that was come, that was completely fantastic. I knew exactly where it was going because the Asians, they think they're the good guys. So why would they not be the warrior yeah, of light that exactly. you are fighting? And yeah, one thing I love, I just have to put this in there, is Shadowbringers has brought my favorite quality of life updates to Trials. I love that our like mid-fight little cutscene works as a checkpoint now, at least for the normal Trials. Um, it makes it a lot easier to get through if you're just pushing through storyline. Um, and it seems like what they do with these little cutscenes inside of the trials is what they were trying to do with those god-awful main scenario roulette dungeons where it was just full of cutscenes. It's like they finally figured that equation out on how to inject cutscene into a duty and not have it be unbearable. I'm not going to lie. I want more main scenarios in the next expansion just because I'm tired of running the same two over and over mm -hmm. again. That's what I'm, I don't even mind sitting through because what I'll do is I'll just go AFK through it because especially if Nero's doing his speech, I got, I've had time to go down, start dinner and put something in the oven, come back up and he's just barely finishing his speech. So it's it's kind of my stop paying attention semi AFK roulette where you get lots of good rewards. But yeah, if there is some sort of more variety inside of it somehow instead of just the same things over and over i think i have the entire script for both of those memorized by now so on that topic of quality of life updates the last kind of section but this is probably the biggest section that i wanted to talk about is the finer details so the things that come with expansions that, you know of course we're getting jobs and areas and that always comes with any expansion but there's some finer details that either skip an expansion or vary a little bit one of the first ones i'm really interested in is mounts so in heaven's word they introduced flying mounts, of course, and uh, well, mounts and movement, I should say, because in Stormblood, we could then go underwater and the mounts also could go underwater. Um, and then, of course, they brought in movement speed, faster ground move as well. So I'm wondering if they're going to do anything for that on the new expansion as far as the movement goes. So something like faster fly movement or uh, mounted combat, something like that. What do you guys think? Wow, mounted combat would be awesome. Or be really awesome. Even just the ability to mount up in a duty would be nice. But I, I think it seems it, like it would be hectic with mounted combat. It it would be, but I mean, um, I don't know. I I can't imagine what else they could do except enhancing fly speed, which could work too. 
Um, and of course, that's, there's not to say they have to at all. That's that's not something they standard like must do with each release or anything. I know. I think their zones are small enough to fly speeds fast mm-hmm. enough. Um, they really have all of the sort of mounted movement you have in every other MMO. You have underwater. You have on the ground. You have flying now. You can fly in the old areas, which was nice. Are there any MMOs where you <sighs> probably can just burrow? more mounts like burrow underground? Where you can uh no (laughs) then you have to create like an entire new textures and animations and everything that would just bloat it and what would be the point of burrowing when you can just fly i don't know i'm just spitballing (laughs) it's all i I mean you can have kind of like the burrow thing with the diving that you have in shadow bringers and storm blood where you just burrow into a new zone perhaps like a tiny little quest zone where you have the other water stuff that you dove into you can do something like that maybe but tying that to a mount probably wouldn't be the best idea they could do it kind of like um think okay so think agility shortcuts and runescape right where basically you go to a hot spot and you click on that hot spot and then they go in there and pop up somewhere else so there's a wall, say, and a hot spots along the wall that you can click on, and then you pop up on the other side of the wall. So you don't, you don't actually see them underground. It's just the your your actual sprite disappears and then reappears somewhere else. I, again, I don't know. I'm just spitballing because I can't think of anything else for mounts. If even if they do come out with something, I think it'll be the last time because there's just not much to do there anymore. Yeah, there's not much. They got everything you need for a mount to do in the game. Um, maybe improved flight speeds in older areas. Uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, I don't think there's anything new they can do at movement. I, I can only imagine mounts from here on out just varying in their looks and style, but I don't really know what else they could honestly do at mounts. Yeah, exactly. Anything we think of is reaching. Um, one thing I know they're going to have, though, and I'm unlimitedly excited for is uh, Ishgard housing. I'm I'm convinced we're going to have Ishgard housing, which this is what I was really wanting for Stormblood, um, and we didn't get. Or sorry, not Stormblood, uh, Shadowbringers, and we didn't get it. But they started the uh, restoration project, which gave a lot of hope. And I've been going through the quests for that restoration project, and literally one of the quests, while they're designing this new area of Ishgard, is like, so there's there's housing for adventurers in other places in Eorzea, right? Tell us about those. Oh, and and players can just buy these, and they're asking all these questions it's very obvious to me that we're going to get it um i don't think it's going to be right off the bat i think they'll do it just like they did with uh shiragane or whatever it's called where i think it came out in october the stormblood came out in july or june and then they released the housing in october because they want they didn't want to shock the market um they even released it to where you could go in there like two months before it released and check out the areas. You just couldn't buy anything yet. But I I definitely think we'll see some new housing and I'm already we're already saving for our free company to get large housing when that drops. Um so I'm excited for that. Um for job updates, the only really thing that I have is I I, I have a I've always had a thing with their limited job thing for Blue Mage. I think it's I think they can easily get away with bringing it into a normal class. Um, for my main class, I play Red Mage, and I think there's a lot of places they could go with that. Right now, the biggest place Red Mage is lacking is their physical AoE. 
Um, they have just one physical AoE attack, but they don't get any combo like they do the other ones. So that seems like a natural next prog progression for the next set of skills. Um, do you guys have any thoughts for your main jobs? You know, I don't know really what else they could do with Dragoon. I'm not even like really sure. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that they could do something to make a uh, piercing Talon useful or remove it. <laughs> because right now I, I cannot find a use for that ability at all. But uh, other than that, uh, it's it's kind of hard to see like where they'll go with with Dragoon and how they'll be able to to add any new abilities to it. But uh, yeah, other than other than that, the only specific request I have for Dragoon is to make piercing Talon actually hmm. do something. Job wise, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't mind a new tank just because I like tanking and stuff. And Gunbreaker is pretty much what I I do is tank. Um, I can see them maybe trying to add some more uh, land and hand jobs. So I don't know what they would really do with that. Yeah, I haven't really done much in. Gunbreak. I, I have pretty before Shadowbringers came out. I went through all the classes when I was getting my mentor status and went through them all pretty well. But I actually have not even touched uh, Gunbreaker or Dancer at all yet. Um, Gunbreaker was neat, but I just am not a huge tank fan. And I'm not gonna lie, Dancer. I was just I was so salty when Dancer came out because I was I was I was saying in my predictions I'm like we're gonna have a Dancer and it's gonna be a healer that's that's a healer role strong on the DPS and instead they made it a DPS role strong on the support and I was just all grumpy about it so I haven't actually tried to Dancer all at all yet. You gotta have your counter to the Bard, okay? Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta have your Bard's partner. I just, I hope we get a new healer, even if it's something simple like a medic or a chemist that does physical healing. Um, I just hope we see something. Um, oh man, another thing I really want them to update, and for you guys, this you probably, you guys probably don't have strong feelings about this like I do. But the veteran rewards, which are very nice, I'm sure you guys have been acquiring them and enjoy them. But completely I maxed had, out. Yeah, I have had all the veterans rewards for about three years now, so I would really like some refreshment there. Yeah, it'd be nice if they can come up with something new there. Yeah, so it's and plus, you know, you, you need to they need to start adding value to the items that were there and taking them away is the only way to do that. And that's that's pretty just standard for things systems like that in games is that you'll eventually take those away and add new ones. Um but then they just might get some glamours. Just give us some new glamour sets and veteran rewards. That'll yeah, that's, do that's, it. That's, that's all we need. Everybody loves fashion. Fashion's the end game and literally everything. Yeah. All, I it, spend more time looking for new glamour sets than playing the game anymore. And it's we're Final Fantasy fans. All you have to do is drop more costumes for mainline Final Fantasy characters and everyone will eat it up. There's it's easy. Yep. Uh, the other thing that I wanna say, I this is what's going to make or break the pattern for me is I'm really hoping they add more inventory space. So far, they seemed to be adding more inventory space every other expansion, and this is where that other would land. Um, I don't know about you guys. Like I said, I, I work on all my classes, and I have generally maxed crafters and gatherers, so I have a lot of need for inventory space. But just objectively speaking, I mean, there's there wouldn't even be any more room for new soul crystals so they'd have to do some sort of expansion in the inventory last time 
They did expansion for retainer space and inventory space, and they added an additional like area for the uh, saddlebags for your chocobo. Um, but I mean, they 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 have to do this every now and then. It seems like just because more items are added into the game over time, so eventually people are going to have more use for storing it. But at the same time, what are you doing with all that old stuff? I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this is a big problem for me. Anyone who tunes into my streams knows how much I struggle with the current inventory space. Uh, and I, I and I'm just I'm only really baiting Dragoon so far. I've unlocked Gunbreaker, but even still, I have so many different things that I want to keep. Uh, like back when like um, a Realm Reborn first came out, and they did like the Final Fantasy 13 crossover, and I got like all this stuff from FF 13 mm. that I don't want to throw away. But then you know I get all these gear sets for Gunbreaker, and then for <laughs> Dragoon, and then it's just like, and it piles up yeah. so much. And uh, you know, there's your Chocobo saddlebag and other things like that. But dude, even then, even then, uh, inventory feels like it's it's still like a little bit too tight, and it feels like yeah. you're you're constantly having to manage it now at this point. And if I'm just uh, maining like one and a half jobs, I can't even imagine people who have multiple stuff at like level eighty and how efficient yeah. they have to be <laughs> with their storage. I have a total of four retainers, and they're all completely packed. My saddlebags are completely packed. It's it's a it's a complete mess. Um, I'm to the point where I'm gonna have to buy another retainer soon. That's I'm I'm waiting. I I've almost bought a new retainer a couple times, but I I'm waiting until they announce this expansion because if they say more inventory space, um, I shouldn't tell them. I shouldn't make this public information. But if if they say there's more inventory space, then I'm not gonna buy more retainers. But I am if there's not more inventory space because if they add more jobs and more equipment, there I'm not. I I my hands are tied. Um, because I, I've even gone through multiple times and tried to sell and get rid of stuff that I just don't need anymore, but I do so much crafting, um, because for the free company, any, I, I'm the one with all the high level crafters. So I make gear for everyone. So I have, I keep all those materials on hand and it just eats up all kinds of inventory space. Oh yeah. So yeah. When you have to keep like materials and stuff on, on hand too, com combined with like mm. trying to keep everything else on hand too, like you, yeah. you're basically left with no storage whatsoever. Um, was, let's see. Uh, as far as platforms, I think it's obviously going to be PC and uh, PS4. I think it'll be, I think they're going to announce it for PS5. And my personal theory is this, that this will be the last cycle for PS4. So I think we'll have a PS4 version, but I think 7.0, it will be PS5 and PC only. So this is probably our last cycle, my opinion. Yeah, I'll agree because we'll be closing in on three years into PlayStation 5's life cycle yeah. at that point. Yep. Uh, by the time 7.0 comes out. So it's really hard for them are literally hard for me to imagine that three years into the new console life cycle that they'll still be supporting PS4. Mm -hmm. But because um, they obviously they did not support PS3 for nearly as long. And thank God that they did not. Because uh, <laughs> exactly, they were but, able to do yeah. more once they dropped it. And so it's a good thing. Well, I mean, that was also because they updated the, the engine as well, right? Which the mm -hmm. PS3 wasn't capable of. Yep. Um, before they completely dropped the PS4, 
I mean, they still have the engine working for it. It still downscales textures and everything like they need to. It still works. They really need to make sure and they're going to want to make sure that there is a large enough PS5 install base for it. Otherwise, it's just going to be really, really bad publicity for them when they're dropping probably what is their second largest player base because not as many Mm -hmm. people play it on PS5. Um, I, I do imagine... PC probably has the largest player base since it is an MMO, mm. even though it does work really well as an MMO on a console. The PS4 is still the largest, the second largest yeah. uh, install base for players for the game. I, I think it'll really just depend on what happens this year and next year. Um, and like you said, if they st- if they just don't get the download numbers they're looking for on the PS5, they might still keep it legacy on PS4. But if it looks like you know, a humongous chunk of their PS4 fan base or client base is moving into PS5, then it might behoove them to be like, okay, well now we can jump into Unreal Engine 5 type engines or something like that, upgrade our engines, something PS4 couldn't handle. Again, you know, I this is just, this is all based on, you know, hyperbole based on what we'll see in three years. So it's, it's just my theory that we'll be on the last cycle, but I definitely 100% think it'll be released for PS five when the new expansion comes out. So then next Friday, do you think we're going to be getting a PS five, like official official port announced? Um, I think right now it's just backwards compatibility. I think so. Yeah. I think that would be a good first start with it. I, I think they'll put out their their trailer. Um, they'll say, here's the trailer, and we'll see the cinematic before they discuss it. And I think at the very end, it'll say PS4, PS3, and or PS4, PC, and then wait a couple seconds, and PS5, or something like that. I think they're going to make a big deal of it at the end of the trailer, just kind of thinking about the kind of things they do. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that there'll be an actual official PS5 port for it instead of just backwards compatibility to PS4. You think that might include the uh, Xbox Series version too, because that was sort of something that Yoshida like picked at. Like maybe that was like a year ago now, but he sort of like hinted that now that was possible because they sort of worked out a deal with Microsoft. I think a lot of that is that both uh, console manufacturers themselves, Sony and Microsoft, are willing to allow cross-platform play between them, as long as it's not on their dime. Mm. <clears throat> and with how Final Fantasy works as an MMO, you need to have your your Final Fantasy 14 account. Uh, it's yeah, they host the servers. Squares servers. It's no, it's no skin off either Sony and or Microsoft's back anymore because neither one of them is having to rely upon the other company's infrastructure and vice versa. Yep. And it's been a full decade, so I think the grudge is a little bit over. I don't know if you guys recall what happened with Xbox, but PS or it, the Final Fantasy XIV was going to be slated for 360, but Microsoft was demanding it not be crossplay. They said, "Well, no, we don't mind them being on the same servers as PC, but we cannot have them in the same servers as PlayStation. We refuse to do crossplay because before Sony was shitty at it, Microsoft was shitty at it. They about it. They just kind of flipped places. It was the winner's mentality. Yeah." And and they, Microsoft was basically like, no, it, it has to be their own. So Square Enix said, you know what? Fuck you. You can't have our game. Um, and then even years later, when they rebrought it up, they're like, no, you fuck you. You can't have our game. So a decade is a while that grudge is probably kind of toned down a little bit. 
Um, and I think I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't, I'm not an Xbox person. I never have been, but at the end of the day, it's just expanding our player base. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. That just makes the queues go by faster. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing the, uh, PS5 version. Uh, one thing that I'm hoping for, I'm hoping that they'll do. Uh, I don't know if, I don't think you'll ever come to the PS4 version, but all I want is an official hd texture pack even if it's just for hair even if it's only for <laughs> hair i just want hd textures that's that's it just like as as like a pack that i can download on pc that's it i think that's something that they'll probably play it when they are phasing out ps4 i think that's one thing that will probably come with ps5 pc exclusivity is higher textures and that's probably what they'll play at as far as hey we're gonna shut down the ps4 servers but that means we're gonna have all these higher res textures that that's more or less how they got people on board with transition from ps3 to ps4 plus they gave everyone if you had a copy on ps3 you could trade you could basically trade that in for a copy on ps4 for free um, just like a free upgrade that went on for the first few months after it happened. Um, so, and that's what happened to me. I, uh, that's actually what made me buy my PS4 is I had it on PS3. And when they phased it out, that's, that's when I got a PS4 was cause I'm like, well, now I have to. So people will do it, you know? Oh yeah. Same here. I actually had my PS4 before that. And, uh, I was playing the game on, uh ps3 when it when it came out i was playing on ps3 and pc as a matter of fact mm. and uh yeah i actually took the free upgrade too and then i would i play sometimes on my couch and then i play sometimes on my pc yeah and that's that's how me and my fiance we both play and we both have a copy on our playstation and on our pc so we can both kind of just go wherever we need to um and we can both play together in that type of thing although i don't have Shadowbringers for my pc copy i was going to get it but i think i'm just going to wait until the new expansion drops and get a complete version again for it um speaking of that though when it drops one thing i want to bring up is again square enix does these patterns normally it's you know june or july midsummer that's when they're going to put out the new expansion every two years like clockwork I think with what we saw in the pandemic last year that delayed them a little bit. I've seen rumors and groups on Facebook that say, oh, I have a source that says it'll be 2022 spring. And that, that's bullshit. Um, I think it might be, you know, August or September, maybe later summer. But we're on patch 5.4 and we only go to 0.5. There's no 0.6, 7, 8 or 9. It goes from 0.5 to the next whole number. So we only have one small little major update. The difference here, though, is that patches 5.3 and 5.4 came out a little later than they normally would. Um, normally, when around when three point or when 5.4 came out is when we would see the 0.5. So they're about a month or two behind schedule from what I'm seeing. Understandable. So yeah, and that's understandable. But um, so I I predict we're going to see a launch window of probably August or September. Yeah, I would September say is what I was predicting. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm fine with that. I get it. You know what I mean? We all had to make a bunch of changes. So um, and it's not that long. It could have been a lot worse. You know what I mean? We've seen other games that we've brought up in our normal podcast that have been delayed, 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 delayed over and over and over. And really, Square Enix has handled Final Fantasy 14 fairly well in all regards. 
Um, one thing that I've kind of got my fingers crossed for on that note of them doing things with the pandemic is I noticed towards some of the later quests, a lot of the voice actors had way different voices. And I don't know if they're changing voice actors or if maybe they were like recording from home. So the recording made their voices sound different. But I noticed that like Sid, pr pretty much at 90% of Ironworks NPCs had totally different voices. And it was not in a good fashion, in my opinion. I did not enjoy the, the voice acting. So from my understanding, 5.4 was recorded entirely uh, within the voice actors' homes. Okay, that's uh, what I was because, praying for. Yeah, and so a lot of the recording, from what I've heard, it was it was done like that because a lot of it was done during lockdown, like complete okay. lockdown. That's what I was hoping for. I hadn't seen anything about it, but I was, I was hoping that maybe these are the same voice actors because I know I've recorded in different places with different mics and it sounds entirely different. So I was really hoping because I, after they finally replaced Alphanode's voice actor in Heavensward, I was pretty happy with all of the voice actors. Um, and so I was really disheartened to, to see that they had changed. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's just a, a temporary change. Yeah, or at least uh, I, don't, I don't know because I'm, now I'm thinking about when exactly were they recording for this and uh, how how did that affect the recording for 6.0? I mean, during the pandemic, I imagine. Well, and it could even be as simple as they were trying to record on the fly at home with the equipment because I know um, with my job, I had to remove everything to remote and we had a dick of a time finding a work equipment because everyone needed headsets and webcams and all of this stuff so it could be that they just were using really amateur equipment until square enix was able to get proper equipment to them in their home offices and then they began to record better after that that's that's a possibility as well um, one thing that was sort of explained to me was that because they didn't have voice directors sort of sitting over them like they normally would as oh. they would do their lines, mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of it was kind of weird in, in terms of direction. And I think that's why okay. you uh, you sort of uh, hear those sorts of things. Like I, I could I could actually hear some of like the microphone like distortion actually at one point which kind of took me off mm. guard because you don't normally hear that in like uh right. like professionally um record. Yeah. it was just it was just one instance and it was very small but i was like wait a second you know when you record mm. like enough audio like i have over the course of making all these videos you pick up on <laughs> on that sort of thing mm. but uh for the most part i mean they did an amazing job for having having to do it all remote i just am curious yeah. how much of 6.0 has had to be had to be done uh, through remote. It's it's hard. Or, to say. Fortunately, that'll disappear once you can start going back to actual studio recording and everything starts returning more to normal. So yeah, and they'll I probably mean, at this patch point it over is. it too. I mean, at this point, most most of the studio recording has returned to normal. We see like motion capture actors and stuff going back, uh, which is a lot more uh, <laughs> a lot more dangerous than say. Um, um, voice recording because then you're like definitely interacting with people. Mm. Um, so it's 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 tough to to say. Hopefully, with with six most of it has has been recorded in a studio with the voice directors doing it. Because man, I'll tell you one thing: five and like a lot of the voice direction in there and the way the actors delivered so many other lines really uh, helped make the expansion for me. 
yeah. All right. So um, before we wrap things up, um, does anyone have any kind of final thoughts? And then we'll go into I'm going to get everyone's kind of bets on a few different areas before we uh, get ready for our announcement. But is is there anything else? Anyone had any burning theories or uh, or hopes for expansions? My only hope is that 6.0 will bring HD hair textures <laughs> and uh, maybe Yoshida will surprise us with a butt slider. That's it. <laughs> That's all I want. Wow. <laughs> Posterior slider. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's do some bets. So let's start with you, Sasquatch, for jobs. Number one, what do you think is the absolute most likely job? I think we will get uh, another healer. Healer? And what, um, and what do you think the healer will be? I think either it will be a spin on a time mage, or it will be more along the lines of a physician with what kind of, like I'll say, did, uh, you know, at the end and everything throughout the ending of the Shadowbringers expansion. Mm-hmm. I also think we might see another tank just to add a little bit more diversity there. Yeah. How about you, Prince? What do you think for, uh, for, for new jobs? What do you think the most likely one is if you had to pick one? My money is on time age. Time uh, I, I think time age could work either as a DPS or as a healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I'd be open to, to try and get on either, but I think time age is, is likely. Nice. That's that's for me. That's the absolute most likely. Um, I, I I like the idea of Geomancer too, but I understand that there's part of me just really wants Geomancer. Um, not not to say I don't want Time Mage. I love Time Mages too, but I think that's absolutely the most likely. So I think we're pretty much in agreement agreement there that we'll probably see Time Mage. Uh, what about new areas beyond the Empire? What's your biggest guess for a new area, Sasquatch? Really, they have all of the basic biomes have been covered. Mm. I just hope no more underwater areas. <laughs> I did not enjoy that in Stormblood at all. That's really all I don't want. Um, so I just think not a, a new area, water area. Yeah, just not a pure underwater area. I don't think it was fun, really. Um, I think probably we I think we might see another star at least a little bit travel to a different star since we have that capability now. Hopefully not one aspected by water where it's all water worldy. It's just a water. It's just a Zelda <laughs> water temple. Yeah, I, it's really hard for me to think of anything specific, but I, I really do like that Viking idea mm-hmm. that you had. And so using that as sort of the aesthetic and really going hard on Norse mythology, I think that'd be cool. That's where I think mine is too, especially because I know you're also a really hardcore Final Fantasy VII fan, so you probably know that Final Fantasy VII has a lot of its roots as far as its philosophy and its bases on Nordic uh, Norse mythology. So that would still kind of, that would also play into what we were talking about with a possible Sephiroth crossover uh, trial or something like that, because that would all kind of be into the same theme. Um, if we were going off world, I think the most likely would probably be continuing in the first, but I, I could see going to another shard as well. 
or even somewhere like we, we, I mean, we could even see outer space. We saw a little bit on the moon. So we know that there's a, a moon that can be walked on at least potentially. I agree. We need to go to the moon. <laughs> All right. I, I've been saying this for a while lately. I've been but... saying this for a while. Final Fantasy 14 or 6.0 or 16. We need to go back to the fucking moon, bro. We need for to real? go back. Well, and and check this out though. There's so again, going back to that Final Fantasy 8 reference, we could see some sort of connection with the moon in the first, if that is the same uh shard as Final Fantasy 8, because we know that there's a lot of lore around the moon in Final Fantasy 8. So that could even still have a connection there. I would love to see it. Right. Yeah. I mean you could just go fight a single trial on the moon, I guess. There's not much else there. No, make yeah. a whole zone on the moon. Yeah, just one zone. Just one zone. I'd be down for it. And you can you can barrel within you can use all your geomancer abilities yeah. on the moon. <laughs> there you go. All right. So I think that's going to tie up our list. We're sitting at about an hour and a half, which is a good length, anyways. Um, but I want to thank you so much. Uh, Prince for joining us. Uh, it's been awesome having our first guest star. Uh, I've followed your channel for a couple of years now, so it's been great. I was glad that you responded when I reached out, and hopefully we can have you back again sometime when we talk about other Final Fantasy topics. Oh man, I'd love to be here. Invite me back when you talk about 16. <laughs> Definitely. And it, there's another thing that I'm going to be putting together at some point you might have some interest in. Um, is I, I want to do some sort of special video talking about how all of the Final Fantasies connect and discussing all the different areas where they cross over and that type of thing. And then, of course, you know, whenever they announce part two for Final Fantasy seven, that's going to be a huge ordeal in the Final Fantasy community as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Um, if you are on our podcast or on YouTube, you can check our description and it'll show everything, all the links you need to our sites, as well as the Night Sky Prince's properties. If you're on Facebook, you can check the same thing in the comments. Of course, our main Facebook page is facebook.com slash darkfeathergaming. And yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe and check the comments and descriptions for all of our links to our personal pages. Thank you so much, everyone, and have a great rest of your night or day. Johnny.